Hello, I'm Joe Thoreau, and welcome to the third installment of the 401 Story Laboratory, where I talk about the writing and recording of all of the normal storytelling episodes of 401 Stories. So if this is your first time listening to the podcast, uh, first and most importantly, welcome. Thank you very much. And secondly, uh, stop listening, because this episode's not going to make a lot of sense to you. Uh, we're going to be talking today about episode number five, The Fisherman's Son and the Magic Catfish, as well as episode number six, uh, The Ballad of Brian O'Bronigan from Barrington. So if you haven't listened to those stories, please, I welcome and actually urge you uh, to go and check them out now, and then meet me right back here. Okay, everyone up to date? Great. Let's go! Welcome to 401 Stories. The Fisherman's Son and the Magic Catfish Once upon a time on the edge of a swamp, in a ramshackle rat hole of a shack, lived a lazy fisherman and his son. This one particular day started... Now, I had made it a point uh, in my life to read all of the original Grimm's versions of the really well-known fairy tales, like Red Riding Hood and Hansel and Gretel, Snow White, Cinderella, but I had never actually read the complete Grimm, all of the weird, obscure stuff. And I gotta tell you, there's some really hilarious stuff in there. Now, the Grimm's didn't actually write most of these stories. What they did is they went around... And they just listened uh, to storytellers and the stories that had been passed down either in their family or in their village. And the Grimm's collected all these stories that were scattered all across Europe and wrote them down. They changed up some things, but they kept a lot the same. And you can really tell this reading the Grimm's because the voice of so many of these stories are so different now, on one hand, you'll have your downtrodden Cinderella rise above her terrible circumstances, you know, through both kindness and perseverance and some supernatural help. And then you'll have these cautionary tales like Hansel and Gretel. And then you'll just have these really bizarre, borderline nonsensical stories. The first one of those that just grabbed a hold of me, and I was laughing out loud reading it, is The Fisherman and His Wife. Uh, it's one of those stories that is just completely over-the-top and absurd. And the most absurd part of the story, to me, is the fact that nobody in the story seemed to think that there's anything strange going on. All of these characters were just accepting everything that's happening in such a deadpan, honest way that I just couldn't help but laugh, and I knew I wanted to perform this story. I just made a few alterations. Now, I wanted to get away from the original dynamic of the story, which was this shrew of a wife and her whipped fisherman husband, and she just bossed him around and yelled at him, and he just kind of took it. I personally didn't want to do the wife's voice, uh, which would come across as best-case scenario, a bad Monty Python impression, and worst-case scenario, just really kind of mean and misogynistic. So I instead changed it to be this father-son dynamic, where the lazy, nasty, bossy character was the fisherman, and 
your protagonist was the son. Uh, which I like that dynamic a little more. It would have made a little more sense why that bullied character is stuck in his situation. And just logistically, it made it easier for me to perform the story. I could actually do the father's voice and well. And then I also I changed the the fish was in the original story of Flounder. I changed it to a catfish for the most important reason of all. Catfish are very funny to me. Seriously, just look at a catfish. Catfish is hilarious. You chump. That was outside. Episode number two had my brother. Thanks, Ivan. Episode number three had a little cameo from my wife. Episode number four, my mom was the star. It also had a cameo from my daughter. And number five kind of continued this. It featured a couple of my dear friends, including my best friend, the best man at my wedding, guy I've been super tight with for like 20 years and counting goes by the name of Michael Ravenshadow. It's not his actual name. It's his stage name. And he asked me to use it for the show, so I respect these sorts of things. So I cast Michael as the magic catfish. The president's son opened the catfish's big fishy mouth and pulled out the hook. (laughs) Ow! That hurt, man. What are you doing? said the catfish. Why would you pull me out of the water like that, you big jerk? I was just swimming by minding my own business. Now, one of the things that I do when I'm recording is to have actors, whether the actor is me or a guest like Michael, record lines a bunch of different ways in different takes. You know, have the fish be angry, have the fish be pompous, have the fish be condescending. And then when I actually sit down to edit it all together, I use the one that I like the most. Either the one that makes me laugh or the one that kind of fits the the mood of the story. And I'm never really quite 100% sure of the mood until I sit down and I edit and I hear all of the voices together. So I also encourage ad-libbing. And some ad-libs go a little better than others. <sighs> come on, come on, out with it. Don't just sit there like a mute toad on a log passed out in his... Blue jeans. Out with it. What does he want now? I'm not sure why he has blue jeans. <laughs> Did they have blue jeans in that time? I can do it again if you want. Come on with it then. Out, out, out. Don't just sit there like a passed out toad on a log. What do you want to say? What does he want? What does the king want now? And I screwed that up because I'm not sure if he's king yet. <laughs> he's, he's not king yet. That's okay. We'll take it again. I'm going to be slicing the <laughs> I Look, I, I, I love the ad living because it's, it's, it's the most honest and, and lively stuff that you're going to get, really. You know, it's, it's like a candid photograph. Sometimes you really like people standing there doing a pose, smiling, and sometimes you just want to catch somebody, you know, shoving a sandwich in their mouth or spilling something. And the ad-libs are where you get the really good stuff. And I actually took that weird kind of embarrassed laugh <laughs> from Raven Shadow's outtake right there, and I... Edited it right into My the story. My is, is no longer satisfied with our log cabin. You don't say. The catfish rolled his big lidless eyes and huffed. <sighs> oh, 
Come on, come on, I ain't got all day. Don't just sit there like a mute toad. Out with it, out with it. What does he want now? He wants to live in a huge marble palace. (laughs) Go home. It's already done. Now, this episode also featured one of my good friends, Monster Zero. Again, not his name. His father shouted. Boy, did you catch anything today? I did catch a catfish, but he told me he was an enchanted prince. Now, the original plan was that I was going to be guesting on their show, Michael Ravenshadow and Monster Zero, as well as a number of my other friends, which we'll get to in the next episode when the time comes. Uh, they have a podcast called Trick or Treat Radio, and it's uh, it's like a like a drive time radio show that's hilarious and bizarre, adults only. Just throwing that out there. I was gonna go, and I actually was gonna be guesting on an episode of their show, and just before they do their live taping. The plan was that I'd record Raven Shadow, and then I'd record Monster Zero's parts, as well as some of the parts for Episode 6, but it fell apart. Raven Shadow couldn't make it to the show, and Monster Zero was sick, and he couldn't make it to the show, and it all just fell apart. So I had to go and make alternate plans for recording people's lines. Now, Raven Shadow was able to drive down to my house, hang out with my daughter a little bit, and do some recording. But... Monster Zero is notorious for not leaving a 10-mile radius of his own home. He did, however, show up early to the next episode of Trick or Treat Radio, and he was left in the studio by himself to record his lines. And he did. Okay. Testing, testing. All right. This is testing, take one, uh, for uh, Monster Zero's voiceover of The Fisherman in 401 Stories Presents The Fisherman's Son and the Magic Catfish by Joseph Thoreau. Yeah. Take one. Boy, did you catch anything today? And he did. Nine times. Boy, did you catch anything today? This is take three. Boy, did you catch anything today? Take four. Boy, did you catch anything today? I just, my mind was blown when I was sent the MP3 of his recording. It was like an hour long. What did he do? Did he forget the mic was on and keep it running? No, he recorded every single one of his lines nine times. Take seven. I was amazed. And each time was different. The guy's such a pro. Uh, Only thing was, I wasn't there to direct him. I had emailed him some notes beforehand, but boy, the one thing today? that I didn't quite get exactly boy, how I wanted today? was the final speech of the fisherman. This final flip out. It wasn't exactly how I had wanted it. See, I needed him to go a little more off the rails. I mean, this is a guy who, aside from being a, a bad father and a greedy jerk, is someone who's just driven completely mad with power. Take nine. This is going to be the last roll. Wake up! I need you to go see the catfish! I want to be God! 
You heard me. I want to be God. I don't want to have to be at the mercy of the sun telling me when to wake up and the moon and the stars telling me when to go to sleep. I don't want to have to swat away mosquitoes or crack the shells before eating lobster. I don't want to have to shave or tie my shoes. I want to not have to want. I want to be God. But nothing. Go now! He didn't quite nail that level of insanity. So luckily, I had nine versions of the same speech. And I was able to, through editing, chop up some pieces, change the order of some lines, move them around, even speed up and slow down his voice at some points to get what I wanted. Long story short, I love left out of bed editing. And raced to his son's room. Pulling the blanket off of the sleeping boy. Wake up! I need you to go see the catfish! Dad, what do you want now? I want to be God! What? You heard me! I want to be God! I don't want to have to be at the mercy of the sun telling me when to wake up, and the moon and the stars telling me when to go to sleep. I want... I don't want to have to swat away mosquitoes or crack the shells before eating lobster. I want... I don't want to have to want... But... I want to be God. But... But... But but nothing. Go now! And so the boy ran out of the palace and got into his lucky rowboat. Wait a minute. We have with us our first... Mailbag! So, uh, one of our listeners, Terry, from Redmond, Washington, asks, Dear Joe, I really like your story about the fisherman and the catfish. But what's the deal with that fish? Is he God? I think he's God. That's why he's able to grant all those wishes, but gets mad when the dad wants to be God. Also, why does the weather keep getting worse in the catfish's lagoon? Anyway, thanks for the great stories. You should do a new one every week. Thanks for writing, Terry. Uh, okay, uh, so let's go to those questions um, one by one. Is the fish God? I don't know. You could read it that way. I've actually, uh, or hear it that way, or read it if you're reading it. I've, I've, I've talked to a couple people, and I've had a couple people who've listened to the show ask me about that. Uh, is the fish God? Is the fish uh, actually an enchanted prince? Is the fish just a fish? Is it some kind of magic spell? I don't know. I think it's left open to interpretation. And whatever you uh, like to uh, infer uh, is up to you. And I think that's that's the mark of a, of a good story, is that you have those questions afterwards and you're left asking them. As far as why the weather keeps getting worse in the Catfish's Lagoon, uh, I am not entirely sure. Uh, you know, I've had people in going with the fish god theory say that the lagoon is heaven and that all of these wishes are upsetting that. It wouldn't have been as good a story, but you know what would have been nicer? If the boy just stayed in that lagoon. And as far, Terry, you know what I would love to do? I would love to do a new episode of 401 Stories every week. But, ah, these take a little bit of time, and I don't get paid for them. 
So I have to have jobs and I take care of my daughter and I have to like vacuum and do dishes and stuff. So here's a deal. Terry, if you can help me get to the point where I get paid for doing these stories, I will gladly do one a week. So let's do internet handshake. All right. Deal. So yeah, uh, is that it with that story? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, okay. All right. On to the next one. Welcome to 401 Stories. The Ballad of Brian O'Bronigan from Barrington. Once upon a time, there was a man who roamed the streets of Rhode Island, from the tip-top of Woonsocket to the shores just south of Westerly. He scratched out a living, picking up cans. Okay, and Brian O'Bronigan from Barrington. Uh, let me preface this by saying that I love the Three Apples Storytelling Festival. Now, I could say I loved it because it doesn't exist anymore, but I continue to love it. I love all the memories there, and the Three Apples Storytelling Festival was instrumental in making me want to be a storyteller. They had always had the Friday night before this weekend of this festival, a ghost story night. And maybe, I think it was 98, and the ghost story night was headlined by the masters, Odds Bodkin and Diane Edgecombe. And they told these stories and just blew me away. And they were both so different in their storytelling styles that it made me realize I could find my own voice in this. There wasn't just one or two or even ten ways to do it. Loved it. Anyways, getting sidetracked. Years later on the Ghost Story Night uh, at the Three Apples Storytelling Festival, I saw a storyteller whose name escapes me, and I apologize. But he told a version of Brian O'Bronigan, and it was so weird and so funny and on top of it it was a story about stories question. tell me a story brian o'bronigan from barrington well i i don't know any stories you don't have any stories no i don't no you've never had an adventure or laughed at a joke you've never ever once fallen in love or was wrong about someone Always right about someone. You've never dreamed something so real, so obvious, that you were sure it was true, sure it was real, until the moment you woke up in your own bed and you didn't believe that was real? You don't have one single story? I don't know any stories. Nothing? None at all. Zero? Nothing has ever happened to me. I'm not sure. And if there's sure. one thing I love more than if a story, is a story about stories. Heard. And that's what I got from Brian O'Bronigan. And this story just stuck in my head like a splinter. I'd only heard it that one time, but it stuck in there. And I'd even told it at a campfire myself uh, one or two times. Which brings us to the next... Mailbag! So this one comes from, if you can believe it, Brian from Barrington, Rhode Island. And it says, simply... Why did you use me in your show? You owe me money, pal. Sure, Brian. I'll cut you 10%. 10% sound fair? 
Good. Now, since I don't get paid for the show, or have sponsors, and I pay hosting fees, that episode has probably made me in the ballpark of negative $12. So, you owe me $1.20. So how about show up to one of my gigs? I'm actually going to be telling stories at the Barrington Library, August 4th, 2016, so... That's in just a couple days. Come on down, give me a dollar bill, and we'll call it even. Okay, jokes aside, the character's name uh, in the original story is... And I'm gonna attempt to pronounce this the best I can. Because it's written in, like, Irish Gaelic, which confuses me. Uh, Brian O... Brinacayan. I think so. Brinacayan? And it looks more like O'Bronigan to me. The story starts, and I quote, Well, there was a man down here in Barangweath a long time ago. And I immediately thought of Barrington. Because on the page it looked a lot like Barrington. And I'm a Rhode Islander. And to all Rhode Islanders, everything revolves around everything Rhode Island. And it gave me an out, if I made it Barrington, it gave me an out to take the story out of Ireland, uh, which helps me because uh, I stink at accents. I'm terrible at them. So, in the original story, Brian was a basket weaver, and he went around and he picked rods from swamps and whatnot and reeds, and he would weave them into baskets and sell them, and that's how he made his money. And he eventually ran out, and he needed to go to this area that was allegedly a fairy glen where people stayed far away from, uh, because that was the only place where there were still rods and reeds growing wild. I changed this to modernize it somewhat and to make it a little more relatable to picking up trash and picking up soda cans and so on and so forth. Um, and, uh, I changed the Fairy Glen to a cemetery. I figured having it be a legit ghost story instead of a fairy story would work better into the kind of strange black humor, uh, of this, where, you know, you're supposed to laugh at a few, uh, laugh at a wake and laugh at someone's leg being cut off. Spoiler alert. Well, it's not a spoiler alert. You listen to the story. Well, I kept much of the rest of the story similar, even though I kind of ratcheted up some of the strangeness even more, and I added some steps of Brian's weird superpowers at the end, as well as adding the bit near the end of the narrator refusing to read the violent parts, and then skipping around, and you can hear the pages turning. Okay, um, it is at this point, dear listener, where I must skip over a few short moments in this story. Moments that may be short for you, but would be long for me, since I have no stomach for violence. Okay. And then Brian threaded the needle, and he jabbed... Nope. Ugh, that's not far enough. Sorry. <clears throat> and the sound of cracking... Ugh, I, I can't say that! There could be children listening.
What took you so? Oh, sorry. Nope. Too far. Too far. Just give me a second. Um, okay. All right. Okay. I got it. The pallbearers walked slowly out of the door that Brian had built. Which to me just kind of added to the theme of it being a story about stories. Out of the door. And in the original story, Brian met an old couple, which I replaced with the character of the Scaretaker. And the Scaretaker was voiced by my buddy Mike, a.k.a. Dynamo Mars. He started to enter. Also a member of Trick or Treat Radio. When he heard a voice shouting from behind him. Hey, what do you think you're doing? Brian O'Bronigan stopped right in his tracks. Mike was exactly who I wanted for the Scaretaker. Because he is such a natural storyteller. I mean, not in the sense of the word where he goes to schools and libraries and tells folk tales, but I mean he's a storyteller insofar as he turns every minor occurrence in his life into a tale. How have you known that I've eaten ravioli for three nights? Canned ravioli? No. Well, I've eaten uh, down at the, I found out that down at the bottom of the street, like I I said it to the guy, like I was going to order my food and I'm like, man, I could go for ravioli. He's like, can we have the ravioli? I was like, all right, then. All right. If you're going to say it like that. If you're going to sound Italian, even though I know you're a wicked Greek. Um, I can't find me. I found me. All right. And so, Brian shrugged. Now, Mike, a.k.a. Dynamo, as I said, also a member of Trick or Treat Radio, and like I said before, our recording day that we had set up just completely fell apart. And Mike doesn't drive. So, I drove to him, and there were a few people at his house. So we had to find a different place to record, and we ended up recording in my car. We sat in the back seat with the microphone uh, and my digital recorder in my daughter's car seat. My daughter was not in my car seat, but her stuffed dog, whose name was Dog, she was very young at this point still. So I had Dog kind of propping up the microphone so it was pointed at Mike. And it wasn't the best solution, but it worked. With a couple of little snafus. And so Brian... Oh. <laughs> Come on, Dog. You're supposed to be holding this thing down. You'll hear from our union rep. <laughs> Jacked up stuffed dogs. <laughs> And I had also forgotten to silence my phone. Um, My text message notification at the time was my daughter saying, Daddy. Um, So, alright, Scaretaker Lines, take two. And we begin with, He started to enter when he heard a voice shouting from behind him. Hey, what... That's, he had a voice. It sounds just like me. That's what that's <laughs> <laughs> Man, wants to be in this episode. That too. should be in the outtakes. <laughs> you know it will. Now, I think Mike did an awesome job. And I had him ad lib a ton of it, especially the bit where the scaretaker kind of blabs on and on and on. And in the final version, I ended up kind of chopping up his long blabbing and I faded the volume out so the narrator could speak over it. And this was more for the purpose of the flow of the story, but for the interest of 
well, entertaining myself because this is very funny to me. Uh, here is that blabbing in its original form. The stars spelled the name of a maiden who eventually became the queen of her own province. Of, I believe it was in a small place called Cantaria. <laughs> Cantaria? Oh, uh, you know, Kataria. It's a, the, a city which is made, they made entirely of cardboard. And they hid the pieces with dried up mud. The, she, was, uh, she didn't stay the princess for very long. Uh, she was sort of a, a tall girl. And she kept hitting her head on the roof of the place and the inheritance went. Uh, it was a terrible thing. She eventually got a gig as the Duke of Daminia. But at any rate, I digress. I'm sorry. At any rate, you digress. At any rate, I digress. (laughs) Now, Mike was very good at ad-libbing, and he did an awesome job as the scaretaker, but he was not so great at pronouncing either Brian's name or Brian's hometown. Come on in, Brian O'Bronigan from Barrington. Barrington, okay. Come on in, Brian O'Brien from Barrington. But he got it eventually. Hmm. Tell me a story, Brian O'Barrington from Barrington. Brian O'Brien. Brian Hmm. Tell me a story, Brian O'Brien. That's okay. <laughs> Brian O'Brien? Brian Uh, Brian O'Brien again. from Barrington. Barrington. Barrington, like. Yep. Tell me a story. This was the one, by the way. Tell me a story, Brian O'Brien. <laughs> you can even just say Brian O'Bronigan. Well, I like the okay. And and like I can Brian O'Bronigan. Bronigan. Yeah. Hmm. Tell me a story, Brian O'Bronigan from Barrington. Okay, I I think he'll get it this time. So, Brian O'Bronigan. That's all right. <laughs> O'Bronigan? Um, it's uh, O'Bronigan. O'Bronigan. So it's, like, so it's like Bron and then... Again. Again. Okay. And bear. A bar. Bear. Bear. Like, like, like double bar. Like, no, like Barry. Oh, like Barry. Like, Got like it. Barry Horowitz. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Bron again. Yep. So, Brian O'Bronigan from Barrington. Do you have that story yet? <laughs> oh man I can't wait till he listens to this No, oh, he's got it this time He's got it Bronahan Bronigan Bronigan Yep Bronigan Bronigan Christian Bronigan Bronigan <laughs> Christian There you go Alright From Bronigan ba- from, <laughs> from Barrington Barrington Yep Barrington Bronigan 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 Is that right? Now, my friends Jesse and Tanya, uh, they were the ones that were able to make it to Trick or Treat Radio Recording Day. Uh, They voiced the man in the bushy beard and the girl with the curly hair 
uh, respectively. Fine man here. Shut up! The girl with the curly hair stood up and angrily shouted at the man. Be quiet, fool, and sit down! My grandfather moved to this country from Napoli many years ago. Every day, he worked his nails down to the quick, and every night, he read poetry in his native Italian to himself, to his son, to me. He was never comfortable enough with his English to do more and than basic communication. Okay, but I mean, his Tanya crushed Italian. it. I'm super so glad she was able to do it so that I could stick to my axiom of I do no female voices. And Jesse just has this voice that I am jealous of. And even when I was writing the story and I spoke about the man with the booming voice, um, I was writing it with Jesse in mind. And I'm glad he was able to and do he it. Spoke. In a booming voice. And now, friends, the service can begin. Is there anyone here who has seen the priest? And no one said a word. And unfortunately, I don't have any outtakes from my friends there. Because uh, I ended up finding out uh, after the fact that uh, if you have Audacity, the editing tool that I use uh, to make the show... Uh, if you have multiple windows of it opened, it has a glitch where it will erase some of your data sometime. And thankfully it waited until after the show was finished, but I usually keep my outtakes in like separate uh, channels on the shows, and it erased all my outtakes because I had like four different episodes up I was editing at the same time but you live and you learn and sorry guys but it wasn't anything too crazy uh, at least there was none of this embarrassment tell me a story Brian O'Barrington from Barrington, USA population idiot alright so I narrated and I did the bit character of the man with the bushy eyebrows uh, I'm sorry, the man with the wild eyebrows. My bad. Um, the only character that I had not cast was Brian. And I wasn't really sure what to do with Brian's voice. I wanted Brian to be an everyman. And all the voices I have that aren't my own are all kind of absurd. They're all either squeaky or really gravelly or whatever. I mean, you, you've listened to the show. You, you You know my silly voices. So I didn't know what to do about Brian's voice, but luckily, this is a silver lining here, folks, I ended up getting a really bad autumn cold and mostly lost my voice. So one day, uh, just a couple days before I was going to publish the show, I woke up and without speaking a word or clearing my throat, I sat down and I recorded all Brian's lines. It was just different enough for my narrator voice to have it make sense. A public servant. And the nickel per can, well, that was his paycheck for a job well done. I was just going to go in and pick up any stray cans. I'm sorry, I I didn't mean to trespass. Oh, you weren't trespassing. I just don't think it's a good idea. So, when um, around in there and whatnot. Yeah, I guess that's it. Yeah, I can't really think of anything else. Okay. Uh, well, all right, boring stuff now. Uh, if you haven't already subscribed on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play or however you listen to podcasts, uh, go ahead and do that. Uh, you can also like me on Facebook.com slash 401stories or follow me on Twitter at 401stories or visit me 
at 401stories.com or you can email me, 401stories at gmail.com. Uh, feel free, actually be encouraged, empowered if you will, uh, to ask me questions about episodes that can appear in the mailbag for future story laboratories. I'll likely continue doing about two to three of these a year um, because uh, it turns out they're really popular. People really like them. They're among my most downloaded and listened to of episodes, so that's usually one of the best compliments you can get. So, yeah, and if you do enjoy the show, again, I made the promise to not do this plug on the normal story episodes of 401 Stories, but if you enjoy the show and you haven't done already, please go ahead and rate and review us on iTunes. I'm not going to ask you for a five-star review. Just give me a five-star review if you think I deserve it. Um, Honestly, it only takes a minute, and it really helps get more eyes and ears on the show. So uh, that would be awesome. And a big thanks to those who have uh, given reviews uh, already. Um, Usernames uh, El Derudo and Moira for You, Comedian Drinker 12, and Pinkerton 22. It really means a lot, guys. Um, I started this podcast for me, but I keep doing it for you. So, again, thank you very, very much for listening, and we'll be back uh, next month with another story story. So, take care. Thanks. Thanks.